0: What's up, party people in the house? It's Friday. In fact, it's August. It is a miracle we made it. No, I don't believe in miracles. I believe in hard work. I believe in people and resilience. And a lot of you have shown that. Welcome. You are listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. Bit for I bring on my guest, the message of the week. This comes from another Jersey boy. Hint, hint. We got a dude from Jersey on the show today. Another Jersey boy. One of my first bosses mentor he was on the show back in april i think his name is anthony Di silvestro he now resides in virginia beach in norfolk virginia he among other things is a restaurateur a very successful restaurateur and this is a quote from the show he did back in april he said as entrepreneurs we're leaders none of us are in the restaurant business because i am too uh so he was talking about he and i and other restaurateurs but we're in the customer service biz. If you can teach your employees that you're in the customer service business, the better you do that, the better you succeed. That will set the tone for today's show. With that, I would like to bring on today's Jersey boy, Lance Knob. Lance, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm
1: so excited to be here.
0: Awesome. Are you originally from Jersey or are you are you a transplant like me?
1: I'm a transplant. I'm from nice. New York, Pennsylvania
0: york pennsylvania i'm originally from nashville but i've moved around a lot and landed in new york about 20 years ago and here we are how long have you been in i mean york pennsylvania is right there You're basically jersey well, uh, how long, go ahead
1: i've actually am a little bit of a rebel myself i was born okay. in jackson mississippi even though both of my parents are from uh pennsylvania nice and i've been in new jersey for about 20 some years already yeah.
0: All right, yeah, we're we're in a very similar boat. So Lance here is did a number of things. We, I won't click them all off, but I'll, I'll list some. You're an author, you're an entrepreneur, you're a consultant, and you're also in fitness and physical therapy with uh, a, a doctorate, right? Are you like Dr. Saqib, and you're like, don't call me doctor, like people get upset. <laughs> you're not a doctor, right? But you have a, a, a doctorate or a PhD in physical therapy as well.
1: Correct. Absolutely correct. Yep. So the terminal degree in physical therapy is a doctorate of physical therapy. Yeah. So just like Saqib, um, I'm a doctor of physical therapy.
0: Cool. So we connected. This is a this is a daisy chain through Doctor Saqib, who was on the show last month, who I connected with with Dom J- through Dom Jackson because he was on his show like several months ago, and Dom and I met on Twitter. So this is a Twitter podcast linkedin even though we probably live like an hour away from each other that's pretty hilarious um did i miss anything in your in your in your rolodex of uh skills and do you do jujitsu because if you did man we would be like doppelgangers
1: i know Although, that's so funny i um, probably the most important thing is you know just like you i think you have three children also definitely yeah. a husband father of three yeah you know fantastic kids and um definitely have a connection for you a friend of mine who is had a military background and they created a leadership program built around jujitsu. so we'll we'll talk about that and cool Would i love to. do not do jiu currently but i was i was thinking in my mind because i know how passionate you are yeah. what martial arts experiences i have and maybe we'll touch on that
0: cool that'd be great so give everybody a little background i mean you have a phd in physical therapy what led up to that
1: yeah so i Knew I loved people and I knew I loved health, and guidance counseling was um, maybe not the strongest at my school. So I didn't really <laughs> know about a lot of the options. Yeah. Independently, I thought pharmacy sounded good because I didn't have the discipline or drive at all to entertain medical school. You know, yeah. I graduated high school when I was 17 and, um, you know, I applied to pharmacy schools and this was probably a bad thing as well. I got accepted to all the pharmacy schools I applied to. So I was 17, big ego and very poor study habits. It's not a good recipe for um, freshman year in college, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> that's another co- podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> So I, I think I was, need two for mine. <laughs> oh, totally. So I was at Rutgers and I started off in the cool. College of Pharmacy and then I was kind of undeclared, bio, pre-med, extra science. Don't even remember the exact order. But fortunately, Andrea Ehrenheim mentioned that, mentioned physical therapy and mentioned that she was volunteering at Robert Wood Johnson. I said, what is that? Luckily, I wasn't injured I was in high school as you know, the sports I played and hmm. checked it out. Found in love immediately, and, um, you know, eventually finished physical therapy school. And I had this passion for fitness, and my bachelor's degree was in exercise science. And I observed pretty quickly that there was a really incredible synergy between physical therapy and fitness, and not many places really were doing that. And the ones that were, a lot of them were operating in silos. They were sort of outsourcing the fitness mm-hmm. or the physical therapy and the massage and nutrition and personal training. So I wanted to bring it under one roof. And, you know, after about five years of working, um, you know, for, I worked in brain injury for about a year and that might connect the dots to some mental health issues. And I know you're, you're big on that in mindset. Yeah. And then I really went straight to my true passion. I brought that neurological experience into outpatient orthopedics. And I did that for two different companies for about five years and then took the entrepreneurial leap with um, my wife and started a physical therapy practice within a fitness center in 300 square feet, about the size of an average bedroom. Yeah. And um, after about five years, we, um, you know, well, within the first five years, we within one year we actually bought the fitness center that we rented from, and then we started a second location, and then we had a, a third location around 2011. And I was my wife and I were adding to our family, and that's a, a milestone that I'll mention. We were having a lot of success, but certainly there's a lot of uh, stress, a lot of things to manage, and even being a physical therapist, personal trainer that's when my health stopped cooperating and I was pushing the envelope too much, even though I was serving other people, um, that way and my GI system stopped working. So fortunately I was able to, what is that GS? Uh, my gastrointestinal system, my stomach, Mm. my digestive system just didn't want food in, only wanted things out, basically coffee, coffee only, (laughs) not even coffee. I mean, pretty much, uh, the brat, like, you know, um, uh, bread, rice, applesauce. I mean, pretty miserable and being near a bathroom at all times with kind of like an upset stomach and really like low energy because you're not digesting food. And I can remember standing at that time, we had three offices, about 30 people. And I was trying to inspire and to you know run a, a company-wide meeting that I'll just never forget. <laughs> but f- fortunately, powered through that and we continued to um, you know, personally, I continued to work on my health, work on my professional business skills, and develop our best people. And we took on a couple of our best people as partners. And in 2018, one of our partners really wanted to actually run and operate the company, and they've been doing that. And that's allowed me to kind of just expand my desire and love for um, helping people stay healthy. And now I want to share everything with entrepreneurs, and especially on the staying healthy part while you grow a business. Yeah.
0: The, um, your, your gastrointestinal issues, were they related to, to stress and just overworking and cause I know you talked about that in, in a number of your, your, uh, brief broadcasts that I've, that I've watched.
1: Yes. I mean, I had an endoscopy and, you know, saw my primary care and saw a, a GI specialist and had the endoscopy and, you know, fortunately, you know, quote, nothing was wrong, Yeah, but you know, so the final analysis was that it's, it's probably stress and even mm-hmm. hindsight talking to doctors, but, um, yeah, they couldn't quite figure it out, which was good. Nothing obvious. And yeah. wasn't, you know, it was Crohn's or some really, you know, serious heavy diseases, cancer, things that you worry about.
0: Right. I went through something similar. I was, I was a bit younger. I was about 25. Uh, same thing, you know, ended up in a, in an emergency room and endoscopy and the whole thing. And, um, they basically, you know, none of the doctors knew anything. It was crazy. And one of the nurses, he was a male nurse. He, he was probably in his early 30s. And he, you know, I was a restaurant guy. And he just kind of like, he was like, let me guess. You do X, Y, Z all the time. Da, 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 da. I was like, yeah. And he goes, you can't do that anymore. Like, you're, li- it was just literally like living too hard, you know, just firing on all cylinders, mixing in some, you know, self-medication, <laughs> you know, and, and some uh, some some fun. And uh, it's just like, it's, it's time to start thinking differently you know, about about your your body, you know, I was always fit as well, always active, um, not out of shape. But, you know, your body will tell you when it's like, Oh, it's enough. I had one of those this week, I have like had a pinch in my back. I've just been doing really hard workouts for maybe like six weeks straight, no breaks, like every day, I would just get up. And I was getting stronger and feeling better and better and better. You know, but in your mid 40s, you can't you can't do that for, for like super long periods. Right. And on Monday, my body was like, Mm-mm, it's time for a break. And, you know, I listened. I got my workout in this morning, though, so I feel much better. Um, when what were some of the things that you did to help you kind of get back on track um, physically that helped you get to that mental state where you really found some great success?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think one thing that's probably worth pointing out before we. Talk about that is the warning signs. There's probably like early warning signs, some indicators that oh, we yeah. could all uh listen to with break. our bodies <laughs> <Yeah>. and um <laughs> you know, when your your energy's down and your you know your stomach might be upset or your head is foggy, um, you know, you're and and kind of connect into your question now, I think that the good news is you can kind of break in and start to get more sleep or get that first workout. And it's all synergistic with all the different health components, but the same is also true. You you know, you miss one night's sleep. And I just talked to an entrepreneur yesterday who I'm working with, who his business is exploding, which is awesome. However, he is, he said he pulled three all nighters in the last seven days and he was looking at another one in the next two days. So, And and sleep is probably, it's a common pattern that that's one of the first things that entrepreneurs tend to squeeze out. You know, the first thing you cut. I was at a seminar with Mr. Wonderful, I don't know, eight months ago in Trenton. And there was an entrepreneur who already had two businesses. She was a franchisor. I mean, she was 30 tops. And she had, I think, 50 locations nationally, really doing well, crushing it. She was thinking about taking one of these business opportunities that Mr. Wonderful um, was presenting. And I was like, well, are you sure you have the resources? Do you have the time for this? She's like, I'm just going to sleep a little bit less. I was (laughs) like, well, how much are you sleeping now? And she's like, oh, about five hours. I was like, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, sleep is definitely one that we first compromised. And then as far as what I did, I had to take baby steps for sure. And, you know, definitely my body forced me to – Take a little bit better care of myself. So, I think immediately I did sleep a little bit more. And it certainly wasn't, you know, dramatic. I, you know, the recommendation if you're getting less than seven hours of sleep, you're considered sleep deprived. Yeah. So, I definitely was nowhere near seven, but maybe I was Mm -hmm. now forcing myself to get six. And I was making sure to eat a little bit better and not to eat standing up. And, you know, I mean bad. I, own, <laughs> I eat most of my meals standing. Shit, I eat most of my meals walking. <laughs> you know, I the standing uh. part is probably not bad. And actually, no, that's a recommendation from a physical therapist who's really a health expert. However, I think you can't be like multitasking. Your body is meant to digest. Yeah. Like, like you sort of have to relax and actually chew your food and start to digest chew. the digestion. I I just
0: <laughs> like it's my jaw and my feet often at the same time. Damn. Well, you have to All think right.
1: about that. That's uh, one yeah. action item to put on your list All right. Cool,
0: cool. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll pick back up with that. I'll go think awesome. about that for a few. We'll be back in just a minute, everybody. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web.
2: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
0: Okay, everybody. We're back. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm going to go ahead and dub this hour on Friday, the new Friday happy hour because shit, most bars can't operate in New York City anyway. So this is a new happy hour. You're listening to Lance Knob. He is again, an author. He is an entrepreneur. He is a consultant. He has a PhD in physical therapy. I think there's a couple other things we're going to get to towards the end of this show. So let's welcome. Lance, back to the show. <laughs> What's up, Lance? You. you still there?
1: I'm still here, baby. It's all good.
0: Great. It's so funny. When I talk and I come back on the show, I don't see anything. So I'm just like, man, I hope they're still there. Every time, I'm like, every break of every show, I'm like, what if they left? What if? They were well, just you like- know,
1: speaking of that, <laughs> how do you hold up with uh, counting on guests for a live show?
0: Man, it's a shot in the dark. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I had one of my friends and neighbors. I mean, the guy literally lives around the corner from me. And, um, you know, we had gone back and forth. We set everything up. And the morning of the show, I was like, I'll text you the morning of. He's like, okay, I see this guy all the time, too. I text him, didn't hear back. I'm like, okay, right before the show, called nothing. I was like, all right. So, you know, Sam, the producer, was like, time to hop on. So I hopped on. And I was like, guys, it might just be me today. And then he finally joins, And he's like, you know, just a few minutes later. He's like, sorry, I went for a run. I didn't have my phone. And then I just really needed a shower because it was hot. But then when he came on, he didn't have video and there was no time to fix it. We were live. It was just like, Oh, well, everybody gets to look at me today. <laughs> nice. I was like, he's a pretty guy, you know, he's yeah, but whatever. You'll have to look him up on Tender or whatever. <laughs> okay, so back back to focus. Um so uh, the the company you were talking about that you that you you started a, a PT company within a gym and you ended up buying out that and then expanding to three locations. What was the what is the name that it's still a current business, correct?
1: Correct. What's so, the name of that? Breakthrough Physical Therapy breakthrough. and Fitness. And when we bought the fitness center, then and we took another entrepreneurial leap that probably wasn't well grounded and. the Probably have done that a, before. <laughs> without enough of a business plan, which I would not advise any of these things, we we took on a six thousand square foot space, which is really pretty brave in the physical therapy world. Now, granted, we did have some, you know, fitness, you know, membership and revenue, but it was still pretty big. So we we really designed a beautiful six thousand foot space to kind of bring physical therapy and fitness together, which still isn't perfected nationally, including us. We're still trying to bring it together, perfect it for the clients and having a lot of fun doing it. But most people are kind of like, you know, and I heard Matthias and his wife on your last interview, yeah. you know, fitness, if you compare industries is a lower profit industry. Sure. So, um, some people just say, well, just focus on physical therapy, you know, more medical. And, but we don't want to do that. We want to create the best product and, um, you know, take on the challenge.
0: And I think, like, the more you diversify your offerings, you know, if you don't overextend yourself in terms of labor, um, you just have better chances of sh- survival. Like, the same is true of martial arts schools, you know if you only offer striking you're missing out on you know some of the students you would get if you if you also offer jujitsu, or if you only offer jujitsu and you don't offer any stand-up or striking uh you know arts or just general fitness as well to kind of tie it on because it all is very much tied in especially when you're talking about martial arts and fitness um you know the great hicks and gracie one of the you know best all-time fighters in, in modern history talks about that a lot especially lately like this needs to be brought to the surface more where there's a lot of schools that are exclusively jujitsu and that's all they do. You walk in, you drop down to the ground, you just roll around, no discussion really about fitness or training your body in any other way than just like the techniques, definitely not offering any stand up. And he just, you know, his point is you would service your community so much more if you had more of those offerings. And the thing is, is a lot of those guys are well versed in that as well. You know, a lot of the instructors or a lot of the owners, they know it. It's just a matter of like, do they want to teach it or not? Do they want to spend the time? And if they don't, is it feasible to, to hire somebody? Does it make sense for their business, you know, uh, their, their financial, is to bring somebody in who can do that? But the idea being that it becomes a service to the community, and I think that's seems like what your your one of your one of your you know core values is is how how you can service your community and and have a wide offering. I mean, you don't, you don't open a 6,000 square foot space without that. You know what you need? You need some jujitsu in
1: there. (laughs) We'll take like
0: 3,000 square feet.
1: (laughs) That sounds good. I mean, you bring up a great, you know, a great point. It's kind of like a business conflict that I talk about in my book and just that entrepreneurs need to know because yeah, diversification does protect you. However, you know you do need to really i think jim collins and good to great calls it the hedgehog effect yeah. you really mm-hmm. need to you know dominate your one market and many businesses have failed in trying to offer new profit centers yeah. too early so it's a cash flow it's really complicated but we are definitely are committed to to accomplishing it and bringing on you know incredibly passionate people in the fitness world like dr saqib Mm-hmm. Is part of the equation for success. Yeah. So you have three locations now for breakthrough. Is that correct? So we have five, and we oh, okay. uh, are planning on a six at the end of the year. I mean, that may get adjusted, uh, push back a little bit, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll see.
0: Yeah, and and are, have you franchised yet, or or is this all still
1: internal? Great question. No, we're we're independent. I think mm-hmm. we probably want to stay that way. However, there was a time when I did research, you know, franchising and consider being a franchisor. And, um, it, you know, it was a great learning process and the benefit would have been helping physical therapists who often tend to really be passionate about the the clinical work, you know, probably Mm -hmm. the technician work, the work in the business, not the work on the business, maybe it could help more physical therapists, you know, be an owner and run their own practices. We didn't go down that path. Um, but you know, we certainly would never rule it out, but we're, we're very independent and fighting a lot of Big players, and and
0: and a pandemic, <laughs> right? <laughs> so you mentioned you know opening you know hopefully something else by the end of the year. What is the situation with your with your spaces right now? Given that there's you know strict protocol, I mean, I, have they opened gyms back up in New Jersey yet?
1: No. However, you can do um, personal training inside. So either one on one, and you could do mm-hmm. partner if they're within the same household, like husband okay. and wife. And we've we've done some sports performance outside to try to pivot and innovate. And you know, even you know, I know with Matthias and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and just all the fitness places, I totally emphasized in empathize with New York because it is hard. Now, one thing we did, and I know it was brought up that people are kind of getting burnt out from online, but I do think you have to continue to take a step back and try to come up with a new some new options yeah innovate um
0: and and i don't think digital is going away what you know even before the pandemic it was like this increasingly needs to become part of your business um because you just never know i also interviewed he's he's in northern new jersey um carl previck he's uh also known as silver fox uh he's a, a brazilian jiu jitsu black belt and has I think he has three or four schools. I think he just rolled another one out too, like in the last month or so. Um, and he had already, you know, he'd been in business for 14 to 15 years. He already had a good um, online presence. Uh, he's also written a book, um, but he had developed his online presence previously to the extent that he was able to do a YouTube live every day for the first 99 days of the pandemic, you know, they don't give those out to everybody. Like you really have to have like a good following on YouTube to be able to broadcast YouTube live. You know, it's not like Facebook and Instagram where it's just like any user can do it. You have to be like top tier. So he held virtual classes with worldwide attendance. So this guy was already thinking in that way, you know, and he had a big reach, but... Uh, it serviced him so much during this because he got the, the last, when he was on the show, this was, I think it was in May. He had gotten no assistance. He had gotten no loans or, or grants or anything. Um, and he kept his entire teaching staff employed and just like stayed current with everything. He continued to collect whatever tuition he could, but he also continued to to offer service of some form. And, you know, jujitsu really sucks digitally. <laughs> you know, it's like you need a partner, you need that interaction. But, it, you know, it's also the idea that, you know, you have to, you have to kind doing something like even if you're just doing solo drills on, on a, on a soft floor on your own, that's going to keep you in the continuum. So when things open back up, you're not knocked back in the woods, you know, however many years, I mean, I put way too much training in to let that happen. So I just continue, fortunately my wife and daughters train. So I had, I had training partners the whole time and kept it up. But, you know, it can be challenging. But I love his just his resilience and his refusal to give up. And he just went at it and actually held virtual classes where he would show a technique. And then the camera guy would see the questions pop up and he would answer questions. And sometimes they'd be in the Ukraine. Sometimes they were in California. And he was just like hanging out in North Jersey. It was pretty fascinating.
1: That's amazing. Totally, you know, worth You know emulating and studying that that example to to i mean i think the one big lesson i take away is taking time to step back away from things and being strategic being on the front edge because yeah you know that's that is actually one thing that i really um you know i hate to use the word preach but definitely emphasize yeah with entrepreneurs because i've noticed that 90 percent of small business owners don't have small business, has, have business plans. yeah. And I was fortunate enough to have a mentor that kind of taught me a traditional business plan. And I was sort of trying to, when I started Denali and started doing some small business coaching, trying to encourage entrepreneurs to, to do this. And it just wasn't realistic to spend 40, 80, 120 hours to do it. So I did, re, you know, kind of merge, you know, Ray Dalio, some thoughts I heard him say, and just my observations. And I realized that it can be a much smaller amount of time, but just doing some strategic work and getting like a functional game plan that's actionable and that you can really use and make it come to life will totally, you know, set you apart. For example, Silverfox. Fox. Yeah. He obviously was already positioned to do that and capitalized on
0: it. He had a financial background prior. So he was always, you know, in that headspace. Um, but yeah, and you mentioned some great some great people <laughs> to emulate, like Ray Dalio. And I, and I, I like that you pointed out, like it, it doesn't have to be a set hardcore plan, but some kind of structure. It kind of has to morph, especially these days, right? It, it has to have a little elbow room because things are changing so quickly. But still, as long as you... I mean, I've had to deal with this in the restaurant uh, over the last six months where it just keeps changing. Like, and now we have to think about, well, what what does the winter look like? What does next year look like? What are we... You know, and again, going back to the quote at the beginning that uh, my, my old boss said, you know, it's, it's about customer service. It's not about thinking, well, I'm a restaurant. I serve food. You know, I serve people indoors. It's, it's about always analyzing, knowing what your service is, like, or knowing your why, right? Is another, another great one. Um, why are you doing it? And you'll, you know, at least have that framework and then you can figure out, you know, you can make adjustments to that structure. We're going to take another break. When we come back, I want to talk about your book. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, everybody, hang tight. We'll be back in a few. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Okay, everybody, again, we're back. We're talking with Lance Knob. I've mentioned it a number of times in the show already. He is an author. Lance, tell us all about your book. Is it a kid's book? Is it picture friendly?
1: (laughs) You know, I did.
0: (laughs) You know, dads, you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm going to exploit my kids some way. These these things are going to pay off.
1: Daddy Only my hope. youngest child was willing to participate, but she has some illustrations in there, so check it out.
0: Great, great. She's featured. Oh, I'd love to see. I'd love to it's, see. It's,
1: it's for you know adults. It's for entrepreneurs, <laughs> and especially entrepreneurs who are often overwhelmed and managing thousands of uh, you know variables, and you know feeling burnout.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, what is the name of the book?
1: So the book is called "The Four Percent Breakthrough," uh-huh. and you know that kind of connects to some of the stats and even Michael Gerber's comment that you know eighty percent of businesses fail in the first five yep. years, and don't get too excited if you're, you know, in that twenty percent because by the way, eighty percent of that twenty percent fail in the next right. five years. So if you actually do the math, it's ninety-six percent of small businesses fail in ten years.
0: Yep, very true, and and I think that's a little exacerbated since March it, it, yes. it's it's definitely been a little Darwin, Darwin near, how do you, what would you say? Darwin like, yes. <laughs> What's the word? Darwinian. Um, Dar- yeah, exactly. I got, t- I got tangled Darwinian. up on that one. Um, you know, it, it around where we're at too. Cause there's a, there's a high concentration, you know, coffee shops on top of coffee shops and just like so many, you know, it's just saturated. Um, anybody that was just like, teetering already it was just like a you know just a quick swat and you just they were gone you know yeah really gone and of course there are some that are that are losing out just because of the government restrictions like small private gyms you know and practices like that that just you're not allowed you're literally not allowed to operate not at all but like it's the, the restrictions are very tight it's really hard to figure out like how to make money with like the high some of the highest rents in the world you know right. some of the crazy i mean the the you know bureaucracy you have to you know <clears throat> excuse me go through to operate a business in new york city is like unparalleled <laughs> you know it's just crazy if you can pull it off here you can pull it off anywhere because it's just constant there's people constantly dipping in and it's like oh this guy needs that and this guy needs that and it's all just like change coming out of your pocket uh so battling all of those fronts at the same time it's like super overwhelming um what what kind of what drove you to like write a book i mean did you were you a writer before did you have a background in that or
1: no no so you know really in 2018 when um you know we had nate dr nate taking over as ceo and we had Mm -hmm. basically a self-sufficient leadership team operating breakthrough i was able to kind of, um, explore my passion, which is really developing people and, you know, leadership development and just leadership. So I, I looked into, you know, I wanted to, I really had all my, um, investments really so much into a small business. So I kind of wanted to diversify a little bit and, you know, do my passion. So I looked at franchising and I realized I'm way too entrepreneurial for that. And then I went to podcast movement actually in Philadelphia to see John Lee Dumas who I emulate when I found out pretty short notice that he was there. And when I was there, there was, uh, Chandler Bolt was there from self publishing school and Lisa Zal- Zalalnik, um, uh, just helped walk me through how a book would really help launch my, help me serve entrepreneurs and, you know, mm-hmm. um, small business owners better. And I have a little bit more credibility. And also I'd really be getting my message out to, to the masses a little bit more. So that kind of inspired it.
0: And and what was that process like? I mean, did you have to, aside from, Painful. you know, your your knowledge, <laughs> uh, did, you know, was there a monetary investment that you had to put out up front? Did you write it or did you have, you know, people script it for you? 'Cause like I would love to write a book. I feel like I have so much to say. But if you want me to concentrate those thoughts into like something that, that resembles a book that people would read, <laughs> to it would be like a disaster. <laughs>
1: Great questions. You know, you have to do like a mind map or brainstorm first. And there's a process to writing a book, yeah. and which actually connects to my book. I wanted to make it easy and make it a process. And then once you do your, your mind map, you create your, your your chapters, your outline, and then you do a mind map on each chapter. And then you really do have to commit to writing a little bit every day, just like you're going to read, because otherwise you get a little bit separated from it. Mm -hmm. So you have to keep it fresh. And even if it's only 30 minutes, you have to write a little bit a day. Now I did put about 18 months, probably on average about 20 hours a week into the book. And I tend to be, have a lot of perfectionism in me and especially the health section. So my book is actually three steps or sections. The first is some introspective thought, personal development exercises. And I, that kind of connects to your mission that you mentioned your why that's mm-hmm. the very first step or chapter yeah. in the book. So there's several more just like that, and we can drill down on any of them if you'd like to. And then the second step also has five sub-steps, and that's sort of developing your team and best business practice. And then lastly, it's actionable health information, and this is mental health, nutrition, sleep, exercise, and posture and ergonomics. And this is really where I got caught up being a you know doctor of physical <laughs> therapy. I drilled down on the research because I wanted it to be – Evidence based and scientific yeah. and sound information
0: um, one of the things that you stress in in all of your your especially your social media is the ability for you to separate from your business to an extent at least, uh, even all the way to like hands off where other people are running it for you. And that's, is that really like the the essence of the book? That's what it's driving people towards is to be able to, to continue to be an entrepreneur, but continue to live your life and not be like, what's uh, the e-myth? You have to be familiar with that book where... Yeah, are you familiar with that one? I oh yeah, absolutely. Who, that's
1: I, what I was saying. Michael Gerber is the author. But yeah, Michael Gerber. That's the, who
0: I knew when you said that yeah. name. I was like, man, I, I recognize that name. Um, you know, or he. When I started reading that, it really like it, it dawned on me. This is like four or five years ago. You know, stop working in your business and start working for it. Now <laughs> it's funny because the pandemic, I'd really like gotten you know loose on the reins, and and this just made it all come right back. And we talked about this. Uh, last week with no two weeks ago with my my guest Ryan Clearwater about how important like he grew up in a small business family entrepreneurial parents and he as a kid participated in his parents business and my kids are getting the same thing and we're very present right now and that's what's really succeeding us but I look forward to the time where I can kind of let go of those reins a little bit more I'm having fun I'm enjoying it but it's interesting because I pushed really hard i put like three or four years work into that and, you know, really quickly got kind of snapped back, which feels good. But do you want to talk about that for a minute? Like the difference between the two and, and why each are important?
1: Sure. So to answer your question, I think it's going to be individual. Once people answer right. those, their purpose, their why, you know, their, their cause, their mission. And then you kind of slice it a few different ways. Like I like people to think about their perfect life. And then even their perfect professional life, because most people with their perfect Mm -hmm. life think about financial freedom, but we kind of have to get there as a perfect professional life. And that might be having a little bit of lifestyle freedom or geographic freedom and so on. And then I kind of tweaked Stephen Covey's funeral exercise because he says, think about what you want other people to say at the end of your life. This is step Mm -hmm. three, chapter three. And really, to me, I think an improvement on that exercise is what do you want to be able to say about yourself if you think of your life? as an entire body of work, because other people have their own perspectives and that may be flawed. So, you know, you have to decide and then you really do a hard self-assessment in step four and then step five is a success schedule. So once you've kind of done these, you know, these type of things and you really thought about your mission and your vision, you'll know what's going to bring you joy and true happiness and satisfaction. And for some people that might be not being the operator, right? Not doing the jujitsu training or being the, you know, the baker or being the physical therapist, being the accountant, being the attorney. And it might change over time. They might really want to have more resources to run the company or to do marketing or, or whatever. They might want to let their team run the company like Gino Wickman did the author of traction, which our team really emulates his mm-hmm. book. Um, so, so not many entrepreneurs, I'm really fortunate and blessed. And this is why I want to share my message have gotten to the point where they've created a self-sufficient, you know, leadership team who yeah. can fearlessly run their organization because for me, my passion I'm still treating but I, I'm not doing any of the leadership management hats and I'm, of course I'm still helping as needed but not on a formal basis. So my real passion is now, you know, coaching and helping entrepreneurs. So I've been fortunate enough to do that because the team is, you know, running, you know, breakthrough yeah. in the organization.
0: You you must be familiar with uh, this Jersey boy Gary Vaynerchuk. Absolutely, I'm sure you've heard of him. Um, he he posted something recently. It was a picture of him and his his like head of uh, photography and video production. And he said, "Hire the people for your company to do the shit you don't want to do," <laughs> you know. And that was. I I knew that already, but when I saw that, I was like straight up because within my businesses, I mean, there's a few of them and I love to do certain aspects of of all of them, but I don't like doing all of, uh, you know, everything in all of them. And and I think people need to think about that more. You know, it's good to know at least like an elementary, uh, have an elementary knowledge of all the little things because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, again, what happened to me recently, like I just lost... I lost half my staff, not because, you know, we laid them off or anything. They just, they they left. They were scared. You know, they took off and they just left. left. Yeah,
1: I heard you mention that in an episode. The only thing I'd add to your comment, to Gary Vee's comment, is that... um, That's right. Credit me for Gary V. I like that. (laughs) 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 Tell them to send a check, man. (laughs) You definitely need to know your strengths, right? And, you know, most most, uh, expert opinion is to focus on your strengths. Yeah. However... I do think you need to, you can't outsource your weaknesses and the jobs you don't like too soon. You have to be ready, right? You have to be financially ready because some Mm -hmm. people do that. And then they, you know, if, if they just don't have enough revenue coming in, if they're not profitable, it turns into a liability. Yeah, totally. Now, Now for me right now as a sort of solopreneur and getting started all over again, and I'm loving learning all these skills. Because even when we started in 2004 with Breakthrough, we didn't even have a website. The world was totally different. <laughs> yeah. but right now, I mean, I'm learning, you know, how to do, you know, use all these apps and softwares and e-blasts, and I mean, you name it. I mean, use social media. I totally work through our expert team and delegated all that. So I'm having a blast. But I definitely am already planning when I hit certain milestones the things that I will definitely yeah. give away.
0: Yeah. No, I hear that. I hear that. Same here. Cool. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about Denali Consulting and, and just you know where people can get in touch with you and find out more. All right, everybody. We'll be back in just a few. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web.
4: Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
2: talkingalternative.com
0: Okay, everybody, we're back again. It's the Entrepreneurial Web, that Friday happy hour, 12 to noon. We're talking to Lance Knob out of New Jersey, author, entrepreneur, fitness PhD, disguise everything. No jujitsu yet, but it's coming soon. So you, as well as Breakthrough, your book, you also started and founded Denali Consulting,
1: correct? Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So as I said, in 2018, when one of our partners, and it's probably worth mentioning that in developing our people, part of what I really saw as the win-win was having some of our, our great, our best people join us as equity partners so they mm-hmm. can literally share in the profitability. But
0: it, it's such a special thing, right? When you, I'm, I'm close to that, but like, and I've, be, I've received that, it's fantastic like to pass that on. That is like, I think that's one of the best contributions you can make to your people.
1: Totally agree. And I want to, you know, happy to share all the lessons learned, but we've got an incredible team. So, you know, Dr. Kevin Schnitzer came on as a partner and then Dr. Nate Steltz and then Dr. Nick Nolan and, you know, those guys and the rest of our leaders, you know, running the company in 2018, as I mentioned, I knew I wanted to, you know, help share all my lessons learned and, and do some coaching. So, after I realized that you know I was too entrepreneur for franchising, I started a company. And John Lee Dumas, who I mentioned, he actually wrote mm-hmm. the introduction for my book. Oh, nice! And Entrepreneurs on Fire is you know one of my favorite podcasts. And yeah, yeah. I've he's listened to it before. Lifestyle yeah. freedom, geographic freedom, financial freedom, and um, you know I I was using his his journals, the Freedom Journal, the Mastery Journal. And I guess the Freedom Journal really. My goal was to kind of monetize. So the first thing I did was right. I started a, a mastermind, and I really made it an incredible offer. And I just had like six people that I knew wanted to start a business, and you know a handful of people that had a business. And it was so much fun to use video conference, you know, before it was the norm, <laughs> and uh, just help those two sets of, of groups. And uh, that was kind of the first taste of really, you know, helping. To do it. And, you know, of course, I knew that I had been coaching and developing our leaders for, you know, for 14 years as the operator. Mm -hmm. But definitely, I am enjoying helping people in all industries as well and not really like focusing on physical therapy and fitness.
0: Yeah. Same. It brings joy to me, too. I have people from all, just because I'm very visible. And again, there's businesses popping up around here, left and right, and people from like whatever. That's how I kind of realized what was happening in my life and who I was becoming. I was just working. I was just a guy, literally, boots in the street, sleeves rolled up, hands in everything. And people just started to come to me left and right from like-
1: For business advice? They were asking me. Yeah, and I for, was like,
0: I yeah. don't know. like, And they're like, no, you know. And I'm like, really? And then I would give advice and they would take it and they would come back and they're like, man, that really works. I was like- That's,
1: oh, that's leadership nice. right there. That's- yeah, yeah.
0: Well, and I was leading, you know, employees too. And so it all kind of, it, it started to to sink in. And I was like, oh, I, I didn't set out like, I'm going to be this. I want to be this. It just kind of happened. But then once I realized it, I was like, people say I'm good at it.
1: And you're good. doing some coaching okay. now? Not, I mean, not,
0: I haven't monetized it, but that's certainly, you know, I mean, you're doing a lot of the things that I would like to do. I'd like to put out a book one day. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. I'd definitely like to get into coaching and again, diversifying because I'm all, I've been all brick and mortar thus far, right. you know, and I can uh, understand I've the had, risk
1: and pain of brick and mortar. So 6,000 square feet,
0: yeah. man. I don't have that much in like five locations. <laughs> just like <laughs> my head just started to hurt when you said that. I was just like, Oh <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's a personal guarantee. That's our very first lease. So um, yeah. there's real risk and real pain in entrepreneurship.
0: Huge, huge. yeah. So uh, getting into something that like doesn't have rent, <laughs> you know, very little regulation in terms of like government agencies coming in and, and dipping their hands in the pot yeah. as well, you know. Um, but I just, in, I do, I just enjoy it. And if you you ask any of my employees or the people that spend a lot of time around me, like, what do I like to do the most? And it's just like to talk people, talk to people, and to help people you know, I mean, that's how I ended up in customer service and restaurants. I mean, I love food, but I also love to just like, you want, you want this experience and like, I can execute it for you. Like, just, I just want to put that smile on your face. That's really I it. think
1: I think coaching is the right mindset versus consulting. You know, even yeah. though it's, my company is Denali Consulting, I mm-hmm. really, you know, connect with the coaching mindset. And I don't know if you know, Martin Rooney, who's from the fitness world. He's actually a the physical name's familiar, but I
0: can't say it off the top of my head. Yeah.
1: Physical therapist, but he only really did traditional physical therapy for a short period of time. And mm-hmm. then he worked with uh, Precy Speed School. And now he's got training for warriors and he speaks all over the country. And I think he was their CFO. He's kind of sort of similar to me. Learned the, the business part of things. I think school hard knocks. Yeah. But, um, you Same. know. I like he, that, though. He, he does. a well, you, you know, you learn better that way by rolling up sure. your sleeves in learning by doing. Right. I think that's probably a. And under pressure, like not
0: too much, yeah. But like if you're if you're in that ideal environment, you know where there's you no pressure. You spoke about that,
1: right? I think you yeah, might have referenced Joe Rogan about the right. Yeah. I really that was the first you know episode I listened to you. I don't remember yeah, who yeah. your guest was, but there is a certain ideal the flow
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's and and studies have shown that you know you you take information on you commit it to memory more. If if there's a little bit of pressure, if it's if it's too easy, it, you know it's in there somewhere, but it might be harder to recall. But if if you know, we learn through failure, you know,
1: <laughs> small like, failures as long as they're not big one, That's yeah. why I think you need to do a little bit of the strategy work. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I always like to say a lot of entrepreneurs say just take action, but I really like to say take strategic action. Yeah, every day, step back, you know, meditate through your mindset. Think about what your big drivers are, your big, you know, your big boulders, your big needles, what your needle movers are going to be and try to get those two or three things done every day. Even as Tim Ferriss says, right, even at the expense of small reversible damage, you have Mm -hmm. to get those big boulders done.
0: Man, that's it. And that's straight jujitsu 101. Like jujitsu is all about strategy. It's about, you know, um, understanding that there are very common human responses to certain to certain i don't want to say attacks but just you know certain maneuvers certain situations people people by and large respond in a very similar fashion and it's very true in business as well uh you can you see it play out every day and then you start to narrow down and and leave less options until at a certain point you are the one who's in control and then you can make the choice to set them free Or kick their ass. It's up to you. <laughs> I love it. You have, yeah, you can put them to sleep, snap an arm, whatever you like. But it, they call it human chess because it's a thinking man. It's less less athletic and less sporty. Again, to quote Hicks and Gracie just earlier this week, he said in one of his first live, you know, these guys are, he's probably in his 60s and just getting into live broadcast. Uh, you know, legendary instructor. But I think he just did his first one recently. And, um, and that was one of the things he said. It's like less athleticism it's 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 more about maneuvering and strategy and timing and those are a lot of things you're, you're speaking of. You gotta be, you know, you have to have the timing right in the finances set up to make that move where you bring in the person that
1: That's right. is going to exactly help business right. grow.
0: And if you do it totally. too early, you blew it. And it's just like jujitsu timing, you know, or, is so or if you wait important. too, if you wait too long, you're losing money, you know? Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, you're totally inspiring me to consider jujitsu. And I just, you made me silver in- Fox, man. Check him out. He's the best. In preparation for this talk, you inspired me to think about, I did judo for a little while. When yeah. I was really young. And then. Mm-hmm. I had a Vietnamese friend, Trung Wen. We always butchered his name, I guess, and called him Nguyen. He didn't correct us, but um, I think it was called Bovinam. I did mm, maybe seventh or eighth, eighth grade, mm-hmm. and I mean, it was hard floors we did it on, and I, yeah. I probably just wasn't tough enough, but it did toughen me up a little bit. It, it was good. For hard floors are one. no
0: joke, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, Not
0: I like that. Around and
1: rolling, <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. That was challenging.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so what are some of the ways people can get in contact with you? I mean, you have, you have a a big panorama here, you know, between breakthrough, between the book, between Denali, you've got social media as well. Where do you, where do you like to see your traffic come through and for what things?
1: Yeah, well, I would, anyone who's an entrepreneur thinking about starting a business on my website, you can schedule with me. Uh, I'd love to do a complimentary, you know, strategy session, Mm -hmm. 20 minutes or uh, you know, I call it our helpline if you really, you know, need help and don't know who to turn to. Um, so you can do that. My email is Dr. Lance Knob at Denali Consulting Team. And what and,
0: website were you referencing just then? And
1: the, the website is uh, DenaliConsultingTeam.com. Okay. And another thing to just to mention is we talked about the book being a process. So you can, on Amazon, you can read the beginning of the book for free. And within that, you'll see a link to a free workbook, a companion workbook, or you can go to denali consulting forward slash resources for the complimentary workbook, which you know will help you give you the actual action steps. You won't get the stories in each chapter, but right. you'll you'll get the you know the structure to write your personal mission statement and so on, everything we talked about. So con- consider that. And then on Instagram, I'm at uh, Dr Lance Knob, and uh, you'll find me on on LinkedIn. Uh, Denali consulting team has a, has a uh, Facebook page. And I guess one thing that I'm really having fun with is forming a community that it was sparked around the book. There's a Facebook group, a private Facebook group called the 4% break. I saw that. Yeah. So originally I was, I created that in mind to help walk people through the book and I'm actually doing that. But also it's similar to the book. If you want to develop yourself personally, if you want to develop your professional business skills, and if you want to get and stay healthier We've got a whole community of like minded people come join us.
0: That's so awesome, man. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. We're gonna to have to wrap it up. Really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing everything. We'll have to connect. There's there's a little buzz in the air about a, a virtual round table with Dr. Sakeeb and and Dom Jackson. And we can we can break up into our little Zoom corners and, and hash it out. I think that'd be a really great show.
1: I would love to do it. And yeah, kudos awesome. to you for the podcast. I mean, this is thank awesome. You you're really bringing out some great information to and hope and positivity and strength and resilience and grit, you know, everybody has got it within us. So let's dig deep, get through this, find the opportunities. And um, yeah, thanks so much. Loved it.
0: My pleasure, man. Really have a great weekend. The rest of you have an awesome weekend. We'll check in with you next week. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. Peace out. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at Are
4: you a curious person, always asking questions? Do you desire to be in the know? Then join me, Antonia, host of So Now You Know, Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. Listen in as I attempt to satisfy that curiosity. I will be talking with amazing everyday people. Join the fun. So now you know on Thursdays at 5 p.m. at talkradio.nyc.
0: You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.